Biden administration. Well, let me tell you the lay of the land, Laura, then I'll tell you where we are positioned. First of all, they're opening up a facility in Midland, Texas. They didn't talk, to my knowledge, my report is they didn't talk to any local official. So we have a thousand kids, I think 250 came yesterday, 250 today. They're going to have up to a thousand kids in this facility. No one knew they were coming. No one knows who they are. No one knows how long they're going to be there, where they're going. And Laura, to my understanding, uh, there's Red Cross and volunteers. That's it. There's no staff there to handle them. The question in the community, who keeps these kids inside? Who are these kids? Do we want them roaming in our neighborhoods? 3,000 are going to Dallas. They may be opening another, I'll call it a camp, uh, in San Antonio. Uh, Laura, let me tell you, you just played a clip where they said this is the safe travel for these people, the humane. Let me tell you what, MSNBC, CNN, the Biden administration, and the president himself, they are doing something I think is just as bad as what Cuomo did when he sent people with COVID to nursing homes. We are sending, they are sending children into this country having no idea where they're going to end up. And some of these children are going to end up in sex trafficking. When they take these kids and send them to Uncle Bob in New Jersey, wherever it may be, they don't have the, they don't have the staff to watch them, to track them. They don't know where they're going. We have children being brought over with the drug cartels in charge, not the families. The president of the United States is sending children from Mexico and Central America into sex trafficking operations in this country. We don't know how many, but we know it's happening. We arrested 9,000 people on the border the first week of February, 22,000 is just in Texas. The numbers are out of control. This is a design disaster. But the president of the United States should be ashamed of himself to put children in harm's way, and that's what happened. This is not humane, Laura. This is putting not only America at risk, but these children at risk. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the sinister sinister aspect of, of this push. Sinister. Complete disregard, not only for the kids... But the well-being of local communities. So, in, right. in the the people in Midland totally blindsided. The Pat, uh, the totally mayor blind. there, Patrick Payton, spoke out. There's utter chaos here. And I don't think I'm exaggerating on this. By the thousands, by, literally by the thousands, just walking across. We literally do nothing until, for me, it was early Sunday morning. We do nothing. It's the strangest, most backward. Disrespectful thing I think I've seen in a very long time. Uh, Dan, you said it. <laughs> Outrageous doesn't begin to describe it. Crisis no. doesn't even begin to describe it. No. This is no. a concerted it, it, decision. They have made a decision. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's not an this accident. This is a design disaster. A design disaster, Laura, to put... You know, look, if we're apprehending roughly 800,000 maybe on the border this year in Texas alone and we get one out of every three, that's another two and a half million getting in. They're letting the ones they apprehend, except a, a small amount of criminals are letting the rest in the country. That's two or three million times three more years before the next presidential election where they can register them to vote. They're trying to take over this country on the backs of these poor kids. And in our communities, Laura, what do we do with these kids? If you take a 15-year-old kid from Central America, he's two or three years behind in the education system at a minimum you you can't put a 15 year old in the fourth grade so you put him in his grade level his self-esteem collapses because he can't keep up he barely speaks the language he's three grades behind so then he goes out into the community what does he do maybe if he's yeah. a great kid and i'm assuming most of these kids are great they try to work but the gangs recruit them and we're just expanding the ms-13 gangs this president is absolutely destroying this country, destroying their lives, destroying our communities. Well, and by the way, no matter what state you live in, they're coming to a community near you.
Now they're, they're being sent all across the country. And all across the country. All across the country. Dan, thank you. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. The mess at the border continues. It's not getting any better day by day. It just continues to deteriorate. Uh, the camps are overfilled, 100, 200, 700, God knows, 1,000% capacity by now, who knows. Uh, kids are not being fed. They're not being showered correctly. You're not being taken care of the right way. And you just heard from what they said. They're being placed in areas where they're not actually being supervised by anybody to make sure that not only are they doing the right thing and they're not going out to society and they're not causing any trouble, but also to be there to help them in case there are any issues or anything that they need. They're not being well looked after via Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden just did an interview where he will claim that he never told anybody to come here. And now he is telling them to stay in your cities and we're not ready for you now. We're in a setup phase. He didn't say don't come at all. He just said don't come right now. He also lied by saying that he never said to come because when he became president, he told them that if they're living in an oppressed government, that the borders are open and to come to America. So once again... Mr. Biden's not telling the truth or, you know, maybe to him he is telling the truth. What do I know, right? The guy's got cognitive problems for sure. So maybe he doesn't remember. I wouldn't put it past him. You know, I, I personally think he probably doesn't even remember what he ate for breakfast that day. You know, he doesn't know what color socks he put on or did his wife even put his socks on for him because he may not even be able to do that much at this moment. And it's not only the right side seeing it, the left side is making comments too. There's a speech that he gave, and I just wanted to play what he said in it to kind of drive the point home and address another issue that's being talked about. So here that is. This is really important because we believe that speed and efficiency must be matched with fairness and equity. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. (laughs) So, Joe, President Harris and I... You don't know who the president is? Are you guessing? Or really, like a lot of us have been thinking since the beginning, that's ultimately where it's going to land at because, like I just said a minute ago, everybody's noticing you're having some problems, so you're probably on a time clock here for when they're going to actually invoke the 25th Amendment on you and have you removed from office. As if we thought things couldn't get any worse, Kamala Harris is definitely worse. Uh, Wednesday, the Business Insider posted an article, Bernie Sanders rips into Jeff Bezos. You are worth $182 billion. Why are you doing everything in your power to stop your workers from unionizing? In the article, Bezos declined Sanders' invitation to testify at a hearing. Uh, but the senator, he had much more harsh words for him. He wasn't too happy. Crazy Bernie didn't like what was going on and. He said, and I quote, Bezos and Musk now own more wealth than the bottom 40%. Meanwhile, we're looking at more hunger in America than at any time in decades. Sanders said in his opening remarks at the Senate Budget Committee hearing, which was titled The Income and Wealth Inequality Crisis in America. Bernie further went on to say, uh, if he was with us this morning, I would ask him the following question. Mr. Bezos, you are worth $182 billion. That's a B, Sanders said. $182 billion. You're the wealthiest person in the world. Why are you doing everything in your power to stop your workers in Bessemer, Alabama from joining a union? Well, obviously, Bezos wasn't there, so he couldn't respond. 
Uh, fun fact, prior to the pandemic, Jeff Bezos was worth $77 billion. <laughs> oh, man. And he is now worth $182 billion. Still think it wasn't a pandemic? If there's ever any doubt, all the mom and pops places went out of business. Medium and small companies suffered the most. A lot of them will never reopen their doors again. Workers that worked in the same places for generations in their craft, never to be seen again. But Amazon almost tripled what he is worth. Jeff Bezos' company is almost worth three times what it was worth in a pandemic where they were shutting down America, locking blue states up like you guys are prisoners, destroying your lives, and they're getting richer and you're getting poorer. Does it not make sense? And again, this does all go back to the Great Reset. I know I've said that the past few podcasts in a row, but if you don't know about it, please look it up. Listen to my podcast on it. Listen to anybody's podcast on it just so you're aware of what they are trying to do. And this is all part of it. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Once again, COVID was the catalyst. It brought it in. That's it. That's all they needed. And you see how the goalposts are always moving. First, it was as soon as you get a vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. Now you get a vaccine and you still got to wear a mask. And maybe you don't have to socially distance. And now, yeah, you still got to socially distance. So it's like, what's the point of getting a vaccine? This is never going to end. You're telling us, oh, there's variances in the strand. Dr. Fauci, you know, if you got protection from one strand, but you may not have protection from the other strand. Well, it could do that forever because the seasonal flu is always a different strand. So what are we going to do? Stay masked up forever and hide away forever? The blue states are going to be locked down forever. There's not going to be much left soon. They're already pretty much empty. Everybody's fleeing from there and going to states where they feel that they can have their freedom back. But Fauci and the Democrats want to keep you down. They want to use COVID for what they need it for, which was to usher in the Great Reset. Okay, Bezos took advantage of it because he's one of the supposed elites And he got rich off of it while we all got poor. Bezos owns so much, it's ridiculous. And he is no better than the rest of the devils. We all know this already, but just to to show you how deep it goes, Bezos does own the Washington Post. And if you remember when there were discrepancies in the counting for the election for Georgia, And they were reporting that Trump called up and he's telling everybody to find the fraud and he's demanding and they said they're going to open all these investigations because what he's doing is election tampering and he's, you know, they were just doing the normal thing going after Trump with that. Well, the Washington Post posted an article saying what everybody else said. Well, real quietly, you know, they posted a retraction. I'm going to read it to you. On January 9th, the Post reported that then-President Donald Trump in a call with Georgia's lead election investigator, Francis Watson, had instructed her to find the fraud. He mentioned that she could become a national hero, reported by the newspaper. In both cases, the quotes were wrong. As the Post has acknowledged in a correction to this story, Trump did not tell the investigator to find the fraud or say she would be a national hero if she did so. Instead, Trump urged the investigator to scrutinize ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, asserting she would find dishonesty there. He also told her that she had the most important job in the country right now, 
read the correction in part. So for anybody who's on the left out there right now, that just shows you how willing and able they are to lie to you about whatever they want and they have no shame in doing it. They only printed a retraction after they got their desired result, which was Trump lost the election. The news media is crooked. They are paid for, bought and paid for. By who? Some of the richest people in the world. Jeff Bezos. Look at how Bezos, Google, and uh, Apple teamed up on Parler because they wanted to stop free speech. They don't want the truth getting out there. If they can lie to you so easily like they do in the paper and get the majority of people to believe it that aren't really paying attention, it would be dangerous to have an app like Parler out there that actually tells you the real story and actually allows people to spread truth. That's dangerous for them. They need you to buy into their bullcrap. And Bernie Sanders attacking him is not real believable because he's another one of the elites. Now, he is also a little bit crazy. So there could be something to that because I honestly think he's another one, kind of like Joe Biden, you know, he's messed up. Uh, Sanders, he's a communist. He believes in big government. He's willing to hurt anybody. Why? Because ultimately, who gets kickbacks from the union? (laughs) The government. So one way or the other, they're just looking to get money for them. They don't care about it. Jeff Bezos doesn't want to give up his money because look what he just made in a year. Can you imagine? Most of us are happy if we're getting five, you know, oh man, I had a really good year. I got a 7% raise this year. I had a pretty good year. This guy went from $77 billion to $182 billion in a year, in a pandemic. My God, these people are crooks. Okay, so now you know today, it's Thursday because I'm obviously doing this ahead of time since my uh, podcast drops at like 2 a.m. Thursday night, Friday morning technically. But today, the House passed uh, allowing citizenship to the migrant workers and the dreamers. And they said it was facing challenges going up to the Senate. They were unsure about its future in the Senate. So naturally, the first thing the Democrats are going to attack will be the filibuster. I mean, why not? That's the only reason a lot of these radical bills aren't passing as of yet. That's the only way we've been able to stop them up to this point. Um, Joe Manchin... He's still hanging in there. Kristen Sinema is still standing her ground. And they are really starting to frustrate their uh, Democratic buddies. Today, there was a story run in the blaze. Elizabeth Warren says the filibuster. <laughs> I can't. Sometimes it's just so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> Anyways, Elizabeth Warren says the filibuster is racist. Everything's racist now. I mean, you look at a rock and if it's a white rock, it's racist. It's got to be. I mean, it's a white rock. What what else could it be? Anyways, uh, in the article that The Blaze posted, uh, Elizabeth says, the filibuster has deep roots in racism, and it should not be permitted to serve that function or create a veto for the minority. In a democracy, it's the majority that rules, and they certainly want to rule right now. That's for sure. She's upset because a lot of their radical bills are not getting passed by using the filibuster. Joe Manchin seems like he's standing his ground. Tom Cotton seems to have a lot of faith that he won't break. I honestly have to say I am not so positive. Uh, I'm sure the amount of pressure that's being put on them both currently is got to be monumental. 
and Tom Cotton was on Fox News talking about that. So here that is. Thing on this, so I, I think that it's pretty clear at the White House, the Chief of Staff Ron Klain is basically telling Biden, well, you had to do all of these things in order to make sure that your agenda uh, is big and bold enough that they don't want to be looking like the Obama administration uh, and feeling like they didn't like reach high enough. Uh, the pressure um, on the senators, including somebody even like you know Amy Klobuchar, is saying, Let, let's do this. Uh, it's time. How high is how tough is that pressure for them to resist? Let me hold up this letter again, Dana, with 27 Democrats still in the Senate who signed it. The number one Democratic signatory on it, the co-author, is Chris Coons, Joe Biden's own senator from Delaware. So you can imagine how much the pressure is coming from the White House, uh, people like Ron Klain and others over there on the Democratic senators, because they are beholden to their far left. Now, look, Joe Biden may not be tough enough to stand up to people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, but Joe Manchin and other Democrats have been so far. And I can't imagine that Joe Manchin is going to go for something like the Green New Deal, deal imperiling the interest of workers in states like West Virginia or in my case in Arkansas. Like I said, Mr. Cotton's got a lot of faith <laughs> and I certainly have a lot of faith. I just, when it comes to those situations, they're not a normal situation. So there's always a reasonable amount of doubt in my mind that it's going to hold true. We'll see, you know, we're already in March. So every month, I guess, forward, as bad as things are, I guess they could be a lot worse if Joe Manchin did uh, falter and give in to the uh, end of the filibuster. Now, on some positive news, I saw a tweet come in from Bo Snerdly. He was uh, posting an article from Fox News. And Dan Bongino is to take over Rush Limbaugh's radio time slot, the 12 to 3 o'clock hour, Monday through Friday. And uh, assuming he's going to take over the same radio stations that Limbaugh was on. So congratulations to Dan. He's a great voice. I think uh, I think he's a good one to take over the slot. I know everybody was probably wondering about that, like who's uh, going to step in. I don't think there'll ever be another Rush Limbaugh. He was Rush Limbaugh. That's who he was made to be. And there will never be another like him. Just like you're a unique person, there'd never be somebody like you. But Dan does exhibit a lot of uh, the same traits as Rush. He's very well informed. He's got great foresight. Um, he's definitely got the attitude for it. Rush was he was fun to listen to because he was he wasn't nasty. He never got mean and nasty in that way. He was extremely confident and he was hard because what he believed in was where he stood at. And that was it. You weren't going to convince him of it. And you really better have a, a excellent argument prepared with a lot of facts if you were going to challenge that man. Because that's almost like walking into a death sentence. But I think Dan's going to do a great job. I was happy that he ended up picking up that time slot. I think he is a, a good person to fill that time slot. I think he's needed with all the other voices that are around him. I know Sean Hannity usually comes on after him. Glenn Beck is before him. And they're all distinctly different in their own way. So I think he's going to fill that in nicely. So once again, congratulations, Dan. That's going to wrap up my episode. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please tell some people about me. You can follow me on Parlor at Joe Little, Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N, Clout Hub, Little Joe CC, Gab, Little Joe's Corner. If you'd like to reach out to me, Gmail is L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. Otherwise, have a great Friday and a blessed weekend. See you on Tuesday.